Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is September the 3rd, 2021, Friday night, and I thank you for being there. Uh, let's get started and, 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 and let's get to where we are, and, and God only knows where we are headed. <clears throat> you know, I don't think um, I have ever been more concerned about America's national security than I am today. Politicians like to ask during an election, are you better off now than you were four years ago? How many times have we heard that? So I have a question for you. Do you think you're better off today than you were a year ago? Do you think you're better off today or safer today, safer today, than you were the day before Joe Biden was sworn into office? Now, I want to make full disclosure. Those of you familiar with me know that I'm registered as a Democrat. I've never voted a party line. I have no use for either political party. I vote for candidates. I vote for issues. But I am not being partisan when I can tell you that in my judgment, Joe Biden has done more damage to America, America's national security, America's public safety, America's standing in the world, America's relationship with its allies, no one has done more damage than Joe Biden. And we're only eight months into his presidency. I am scared to death over what he might try to do for an encore. And what is amazing to me is how not many Democrats, I mean some, but not many, are willing to stand up and say this has to stop. We are just about a week away from the 20th anniversary of the terror attacks of 9-11. And I want to talk a little bit about that briefly. By the way, I'll be doing a webinar for the David Horowitz Freedom Center next week. Uh, This is about providing information to you that you're not going to get from the mainstream media. You know my background with the INS. I've investigated and arrested terrorists and drug dealers and international fugitives. Uh, And it's for that reason that the 9-11 Commission reached out to me after the attacks, asked me to go to Washington and provide them with a deposition and testimony with the express purpose of preventing future attacks. I've testified before numerous congressional hearings for the same reason, to prevent terror attacks and to save innocent lives because of the threats that we face when criminals, fugitives, terrorists, narcotics, and other contraband make their way into the United States. Neither party, neither party, within recent years, seems to really give a rat's tail about sovereignty. The only president who raised that issue, probably in decades, was Donald Trump. And I have to tell you, I didn't always agree with Donald Trump. I'm not one of these guys who Trump is always right. No, that's not the case. But I will tell you, I slept a hell of a lot better when Donald Trump was in the Oval Office. I consider him the equivalent of a doctor who knows how to care for you, but has really bad bedside manner. Let that sink in. And think how shallow and superficial and gullible Americans are. 
We hate, we hate. Why do you hate him? I don't know. We hate him. Was he arrogant? Sure. Was he obnoxious? Yeah, he was. Was he self-centered? I'd say so. But who but someone with the chutzpah of a Donald Trump could take on, not just, I call it a cesspool, not a swamp. Cesspools are natural. They're part of the environment. Critters live in swamps. They're part of the ecosystem. If swamps went away, we would probably ultimately go away. It's part of the environment. Cesspools, on the other hand, are artificial, and I promise you there is nothing good to be found in a cesspool. That's Washington, all right? Now, who but Trump could take on the cesspool? Who but Trump could take on China? Who but Trump could take on Russia? Who but Trump could take on these oligarchs that want to destroy the United States so they can enrich themselves? So he's developed a lot of enemies. If you're going after all those powerful people and other countries and these sacred cow special interest lobbying groups, you're basically calling in an airstrike on your own position. But think of how many people were gullible enough to believe everything they were told. And, of course, the mainstream media did nothing to set the record straight. They wouldn't even carry his news conferences. Who ever heard of a president of the United States calling a news conference and major networks declining, declining to provide coverage? I remember when Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa, held a news conference and no reporter showed up. I got a call from their staff because I worked with Chuck Grassley's people. And they said, Mike, you've got to do something. Can't you at least get Fox to come down here? He wants to have a news conference and nobody's responding. Outrageous. He's the most, I think he's the most senior member of the United States Senate, sits on the Judiciary Committee, a very powerful committee. He was actually the chairman of the Judiciary at that time. He calls a news conference. Not interested. How could you not be interested? We're living in the twilight zone. George Orwell, boy, oh, boy, he was certainly a man ahead of his time. And I often quote Voltaire when he said that you judge a person's intelligence by the questions that he asks. Well, I'm going to give you another um, Voltaire quote. <clears throat> I want you to think about it. Think about all this garbage about Black Lives Matter and this whole idea about white privilege and we need critical race theory. Um, think about this quote from Voltaire, the French philosopher. Those who make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. That was how the Holocaust happened. The Third Reich convinced Germans who were unsuccessful in starving. You know, the Weimar regime was an economic disaster. They convinced the Germans that their failure was attributable to the Jews. What followed was the Holocaust. My family was decimated. I was named for my mother's mother, my grandmother, who perished in Poland because of our religion. We're Jewish. Unbelievable. Six million Jews killed. Thirteen million people killed by the Nazi war machine based on absurdities, based on lies, based on fake news. And what Hitler did, if you read history, was he got the media and he got the entertainment industry to work with him to propagate the lies. The big lie. It was Goebbels and Hitler. And then they attributed the big lies to their enemies. Whatever they did, the Jews did it, the gypsies did it, whatever group they wanted to exterminate did it. And people fell for this garbage. So here we are where... Uh, people living in poverty are being told it's the white people that you have to blame. 
Never mind that we're bringing in more foreign workers every year than the number of new jobs we're creating. Never mind that we're flooding our neighborhoods with narcotics, that we're permitting gang members to flow freely into the United States and, and carry out murders and extortion and stabbings and selling narcotics and forcing girls into prostitution. Don't watch that. Just listen to our fake accusations. It's beyond belief. Divide and conquer. Alienate the American people, the strategy of Karl Marx. Alienate the population. How better than, uh, forgive the play on words, than to flood America with aliens who don't speak the language and balkanize the country and turn the United States into a Tower of Babel? And, of course, the immediate response from the globalist dirtbags, oh, you're anti-immigrants. No, no, I'm not. <clears throat> Hardly. As an immigration officer, I was happy when we could give lawful status to people who deserved it, underscore who deserved it. We admit more than a million lawful immigrants every year. But the globalists, starting with Jimmy Carter, and frankly, Ronald Reagan, who gave us the first amnesty, gave us the visa waiver program, gave us the diversity visa. Think about all those things, both parties. Uh, <laughs> they don't want sovereignty. They want to do what the Chamber of Commerce wants, what the American Immigration Lawyers Association wants, what all these other groups want who are feeding at the trough and making major campaign contributions. Look at what Silicon Valley has done. And now Silicon Valley censors our ability to communicate with each other. Facebook, Twitter, all of them, all in on it. The Taliban has a Twitter account, but not Donald Trump. I mean, just think about the enormity of that. Think about the enormity that we have now in general saying we're going to partner with the Taliban to work with them to fight ISIS. Are you kidding me? This is delusional. This is insanity on, on a level that I can't even begin to fathom. So here we are. We were attacked on 9-11-2001 by men from the Middle East who one way or another gamed the immigration system, came to the United States, and carried out deadly attacks. Now understand they didn't do the violence for the sake of violence. They're terrorists. Terrorists use terror as a way to provoke change in the country that they attack. They know they can't take on the military of the United States. The military of the United States is the most powerful. So what do you do? It's called asymmetrical warfare. That's what terrorism is. You strike fear in the hearts of Americans, and you force them to tell the politicians do whatever it takes so this doesn't happen to us again. And what do the terrorists want? They want the United States out of the Middle East. Well, Joe Biden just pulled us out of Afghanistan. So for 20 years, the United States was in Afghanistan and other countries in the Middle East, making certain that Afghanistan could not be a sanctuary for terrorists. Very important. Should we have gone there the way we did? Probably not. I'm not an expert on the subject. But nation-building gets us into all kinds of problems. What I find remarkable is that George W. Bush got us into Iraq, got us into Afghanistan, <clears throat> did not do what he needed to do to secure our borders. In fact, it was under his administration that Border Patrol agents like Ramos, Ramos and Compion were arrested and prosecuted essentially for doing their jobs. It was George W. Bush who gave an award to the National Guard for retreating in the face of, uh, of armed Mexican drug traffickers coming across the border. It gave them an award for retreating. It was George W. Bush who created the Department of Homeland Security. I called the Department of Homeland Surrender in a way that violated the Homeland Security Act. He split immigration enforcement into two separate 
divisions, which created all kinds of nightmares, ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and, and CBP, Custom, uh, I'm sorry, yes, ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and CBP, Customs and Border Protection. Why? That's not what was called for. And, in fact, I, and I've written about it. Uh, John Hostetler, who chaired the House Immigration Subcommittee, Republican from Indiana, talked about it at a hearing back in 2005 and said that what happened because of the division and because they folded other agencies in with immigration that had nothing to do with immigration and then topped it off by putting people in charge of immigration who had zero immigration experience. Think about that. He said what happened gave us immigration incoherence, made it impossible to secure the borders, made it impossible to enforce the immigration laws, even after we know that the only reason the terrorists were able to come here and, and kill Americans and other people was because of multiple failures of the immigration system. That's what the 9-11 Commission determined. So what Bush did, according to Hostetler, and I agree with John Hostetler, he gave, Bush gave us immigration incoherence, made it impossible to secure the borders, made it impossible to enforce the immigration laws, and made it impossible to protect America and Americans. Unbelievable. And then Obama came in, and I, I could go on for hours, and I'm not going to. Trump came in, and you know what he did, and he should have put more emphasis on interior enforcement. I've spoken about that in the past, but we'll, we'll let that go for this evening. We have too many issues to cover. But now Joe Biden comes in. And what Joe Biden did was immediately, before he was even sworn in, told everybody, I'm not going to follow Trump's lead on securing the borders and forcing the laws. When I'm president, basically everyone's welcome. <clears throat> well, the aliens around the world took him at his word. When you see those huge swarms of human beings flooding across the border, they're not all from Latin America. They're from countries all over the world, including China and including countries that sponsor terrorism. What could possibly go wrong? And I'm going to read a quote shortly about that, too. Because we know that Hezbollah is working closely with the human traffickers throughout Latin America. Hezbollah, of course, a terrorist organization uh, that is basically funded and controlled by the government of Iran. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? So Biden comes in, floods America, tries to cancel, cancels actually the Remain in Mexico policy. The courts ruled that that was unconstitutional, thankfully. But why was that even an issue? And for months, people came into the country applying for asylum who did not qualify. They knew they didn't qualify, but once they were here, they were here, and then they disappeared into the woodwork. <clears throat> and then you had sanctuary cities that have been developed over the last several decades that shield illegal aliens from detection by immigration law enforcement. That endangered national security, by the way. The 9-11 Commission talked about the need for interior enforcement, said that through effective interior enforcement, we might uncover and thwart terrorist plots. Well, interior enforcement was never an issue for either party because immigration agents don't only arrest illegal aliens. This is a dirty little secret. They arrest crooked employers, perhaps campaign contributors, God knows, or should we say bribers, and they arrest crooked lawyers. <clears throat> I know I was involved with several such cases involving lawyers who wound up losing their licenses to practice law, and going to jail. Well, I, I guess maybe that's a problem for politicians, that we would lock up crooked lawyers. Okay? And also, um, it was the way that we went after the human traffickers. 
So if you want the flood of aliens to continue, you don't want to get rid of the traffickers because they're the uh, travel agency, so to speak. They're the facilitators. So we only had about 6,000 ICE agents, and most of the work they did had nothing to do with immigration. 6,000 ICE agents for the whole country, effectively 2,000 doing immigration work for the entire United States. New York City has 36,000 cops. The Border Patrol has lots more people, <clears throat> but the Border Patrol is more or less, uh, it's an important element. I don't want anyone to misunderstand what I'm saying, but they do interdiction. They don't combat the fraud. They're not involved generally with terrorism task forces and drug task forces and that sort of thing. Interdiction is very important. But ultimately, any alien who will run the border frequently enough will ultimately get into the United States. So the key is interior enforcement. And, of course, that has always been purposely ignored and neglected, defunded. And George W. Bush did an incredible job of defunding ICE. Think about that, and we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> so that's what we did here with immigration. And then Joe Biden goes in and yanks our troops out of Afghanistan without telling the Afghan army closes Bagram Air Force Base or Air Base. Think about it. Bagram Airport getting closed in the dead of night without telling our partners in the Afghan military. You wonder why the army folded up and went away? They turned around and said the people that we're counting on to partner with us, because they and their families were under constant threat by the terrorists, they turn around and they're standing in that dark alleyway by themselves. Big Brother walked off the job in the middle of the night without giving them any advance warning. You want to talk about how you demoralize an army and you demoralize a government and you demoralize a country? Ask Joe Biden, because that's what he did to Afghanistan. <clears throat> now, normally, the last people to leave are the military. You get the civilians out first. You get your weapons out first. You get sensitive materials, documents, etc., out first. And when everything is gone, then you can start to peel back on the security forces, and they're the last to leave. Joe Biden did it the other way around. <clears throat> what did he do? Had the military go and wound up trapping God knows how many hundreds or maybe thousands of Americans in Afghanistan right now, this moment. Did the same thing to the people who worked with our uh, soldiers and with our intelligence people in Afghanistan. They're trapped. Many of them may die. Their families may be tortured and killed because of Joe Biden's way of doing business. He should have taken the military out last. He should have evacuated the people that we needed to evacuate first. He should have removed the military hardware or destroyed it. He didn't. You know, when you go to the pistol range, as I noted in my article for Front Page Magazine, normally the sequence is ready, aim, fire. The last thing you do is shoot. Joe Biden shot first and then decided if he was ready or if he had aimed. Or, as I also wrote in my article, skydiving instructors make clear to their students to pull the ripcord before they hit the ground. Joe Biden basically ordered that they pull the ripcord after impact. That everybody wanted us out of Afghanistan. Well, that's true. <coughs> Pardon me. Well, I don't know if it's everybody, but President Trump did. I wondered about that, but I also think we keep getting ourselves bogged down in too many foreign wars that um, maybe we shouldn't be doing. It's costing American lives, American uh, money, and at some point it's got to end. But it's not 
that we pulled out. It's how we did it. It's kind of like imagine being on an airplane and you're circling the airport because there's bad weather and there's lots of congestion and there's airplanes all over the place and you have a connecting flight or you're supposed to have a, a conference that morning and instead of being on the ground driving to the conference, you're circling the airport. And you think, my gosh, I wish this darn airplane would land already so I can get to where I need to be. Well, imagine if you told the stewardess, stewardess, we need to get on the ground. We need to be on the ground immediately. And, and the pilot is a psycho and, and crashes the airplane. You'd be on the ground, wouldn't you? Not the way you want it to be. You probably wouldn't have survived it. So certainly that wasn't the way to do it. But that's what Biden did with Afghanistan. You want us out of Afghanistan? Look what I'm going to do. And he yanked us out of Afghanistan military first. And then he gets on television and says, I did everything perfectly. Let me tell you what, I've never done anything perfectly. I don't know any human being who's ever done anything perfectly. <clears throat> we all make mistakes. We may do things quite well. We may have the successes that we want. But to say you did it without a single mistake, it was done perfectly? When we did major field operations, we always did a post-mortem afterwards to see what we could have done better or faster or more safely or who screwed up so, you know, we got lucky that nobody got hurt, that kind of thing. Why? Because we make mistakes. Biden would not admit to a single mistake. And if this isn't a mistake, if this was the plan, then he needs to explain to the American people why he wanted to strand Americans behind enemy lines in a country that's notorious for terrorism and violence, especially towards people from the West. Why did he not take care of the people who work with our soldiers? Why did he leave behind a weapons cache of unprecedented proportions? On 9-11, 19 hijackers barely out of their teens wielding box cutters, box cutters, inflicted such grievous damage on America and indeed the world that the world changed because of those 19 young men. 19 men with box cutters. Because of the way that we left Afghanistan, over 5,000 hardened terrorists were released from custody. What the media isn't asking, but I'll ask, <clears throat> how many soldiers, American, Afghani, NATO, others, were wounded or killed taking those 1,000 terrorists off the streets? I guarantee you many of them did not go peacefully. Many of them probably were captured after a firefight. But no one's going to talk about that. So Americans and other soldiers likely were wounded or killed taking these bums out of action. And what Biden did was to turn them loose, turn Afghanistan back into the sanctuary that our troops went there to keep it from becoming or ending its ability to be a sanctuary. So we have sanctuary cities in the United States that provide cover, if you will, for terrorists and criminals. And now Afghanistan is the number one destination for terrorists around the world because the Taliban is in charge. And our military is going to partner with the Taliban. I just want you to let what I'm saying sink in because I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around the words I'm speaking to you because it's that horrendous and that dangerous. And these terrorists won't need box cutters. Thanks to Joe Biden, they are armed to the T. 
teeth with some of America's best and most sophisticated weaponry. You know, there's a law that says that if you export military hardware to certain countries like Iran, and there's a long list, you go to jail. And I can tell you that if you go to the Justice Department website, you can see case after case after case where people were prosecuted for transferring, even if it's dual use, computer chips that could be used in a toaster oven that maybe has a a purpose on an airplane or, or whatever. You go to jail for providing weaponry to the enemy. It could be gun sites. It could be triggers. It could be gun barrels. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be a complete weapon. It was called Project Exodus. You send anything of military significance to certain countries, you will get arrested, you will be prosecuted, and you will go to jail and maybe spend lots of time in jail so you could contemplate how dangerous what you did was. And here we're just talking about even handguns. Look at what was left behind by our military at the orders of Joseph Biden. And he says this was a complete success. This was exactly the way the operation was supposed to work. My gosh. My gosh. This is what he called a successful operation. I'd like to know what an unsuccessful operation looks like. And now the Democrats are trying to shift the conversation back to climate because we had floods. We are also having a flood of potential terrorists into the United States, but that's not on the forecast, is it? So they airlifted from Afghanistan under Joe Biden's orders, thousands and thousands and thousands of people from Afghanistan without proper vetting. And according to the latest reports, only a few of them, if any, worked for the U.S. government with the so-called S visa, special visa. So who exactly did we bring in? And while they're making their application for asylum, guess what? They're being paroled in. Now, what does that mean? Aliens who cannot be admitted are paroled into the United States. Physically, they're here. It's not like they're not here. They're here. But by paroling them, if a decision is made that they need to be removed from the United States, it's easier to remove an alien who's been paroled than an alien who's been admitted. Once you're admitted, the burden of proof falls to the government as to why you should be removed. When you're paroled in, you have to prove that you shouldn't be told to leave. But they're not going to be told to leave anyway because of the situation in Afghanistan. They're all going to claim political asylum, credible fear, and they're here. And if they're involved with terrorism, God help us. And again, remember, it only took 19 hijackers to pull off the attacks of 9-11. And we are flooding America through the Mexican border, flooding America now through Afghanistan, which has basically become a port of entry if you want to look at it that way, But what no one is even talking about, and I keep trying to talk about it, but I'm able to on news programs, is I'd like to know how many aliens are getting visas around the world who maybe shouldn't be getting visas because of Joe Biden's open policy. Everyone has to be able to come to America, after all. And I'd like to know how many aliens are denied entry at international airports and other ports of entry when the inspectors determine that perhaps they're inadmissible. And the grounds for inadmissibility, by the way, are under Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182. And I frequently provide the link to that section of law because the lies that we get from the globalists and the, and the self-hating Americans, because that's what they are, self-hating Americans. Um, oh, this is about racism. This is about bigotry. There was just a judge who said, 
we should not be prosecuting aliens for unlawful reentry because most of the people being prosecuted are Latinos. <clears throat> so obviously, this is a racist law. Racist law because the people are Latinos. Why are they Latino? Many of them. Because they run the border that's supposed to separate the United States from Mexico. And the majority of people who run that border who've been deported happen to be citizens of Latin America. So it's not about racism. It's about geography. But this judge, God bless America, this is racism. And, you know, I worked with Senator Aldemato back in the early 80s to make reentry by criminal aliens a crime with a 20-year maximum jail sentence, which made it uh, one of the most frequently prosecuted felonies until Joe Biden came along. For Trump, it was the most frequently prosecuted felony for the entire Justice Department. And the beauty of the law is you can put a case like that together in an afternoon or two. <clears throat> you don't need much evidence. You don't need surveillance. You don't need wiretaps. You don't need informants. You locate the person. You run their fingerprint. The fingerprint matches the print that was taken when they were deported or removed from the United States. You query the database. The database says that the person never made an application and never received permission to return legally. And that's the, those are the elements. You go to a grand jury. <clears throat> you indict the person. You arrest them. You prosecute them. Uh, with few exceptions, they have to plead guilty. Occasionally you'll get somebody who wants to take it to trial. God bless them. But what are they going to say? I'm not all here? Well, that's the Joe Biden defense, perhaps, but it's not a good defense for a criminal alien who was deported and came back illegally. Easy case, and we take them off the street, and then we can deport them afterwards. They act very effectively, very efficiently to protect America and Americans and even members of the ethnic immigrant communities because criminal aliens tend to live within ethnic immigrant communities that most resemble who they are. Because this isn't just from Latin America, by the way, no matter what the judge says. I have arrested and we have prosecuted aliens from Panama and Jamaica and Europe because they do it also, believe it or not. Maybe the numbers aren't as great, but they're significant. And, you know, the guy or the gal who gets killed or raped or beaten or loses a family member to a criminal alien, uh, even one is far too great a number. And that's why when I hear this nonsense from the Biden administration, well, we only left a couple of hundred Americans behind. Only left a couple of hundred. And I don't believe the numbers. I don't believe anything that comes out of this White House. My TV, by the way, works as a lie detector. You might want to try it. Turn on your TV. Wait for Biden or a member of his administration to start talking. <clears throat> Watch closely. Their lips are moving. Odds are that they're lying. That's how I have come to feel about this administration. But I want you to think back to 1979 when 51 Americans were taken hostage in Iran because of the ineptitude of the Carter administration. By the way, <clears throat> you should know, those of you old enough may remember this, the ABC News program Nightline came about because every night after the hostages were taken in Tehran, ABC News would do a piece about the hostage crisis. And after a couple of months, it became a regular program, and they called it Nightline. That was when the news was really the news. Jimmy Carter was the president, and ABC News covered his conduct with the Iranians and how our <clears throat> embassy got overrun by radical Islamists in, in Iran. Interesting. That's how Nightline started. 
every day they would start telling you what day of captivity it was for those Americans. And now the Biden administration tosses it aside. Oh, there's a few. Yeah, maybe somebody, a couple, a hundred. Who knows? Who cares? Really. If it was his family, I think he would have a very different perspective. Um, So moving right along, I'd love to see the media do that today. Talk about how many Americans are there and and how long it's going to be before they uh, are able to come home along with the people who helped us. And those people have to be vetted also for a good reason. There have been prosecutions in the past, and I've written about them, of people who've worked with our military who turned out to be terrorist sympathizers, alien smugglers, and so forth. You know, understand, we've got to be careful who we let into the country. But the article that I wrote that's up on the front page magazine website right now is Biden's catastrophic policies, immigration, and Afghanistan, shocking and dangerous parallels. And the parallels, of course, about sanctuary cities in the United States, and now Biden, of course, has turned the entire United States into a big sanctuary for illegal aliens. And we have a sanctuary now, once again, for terrorists in Afghanistan. I mean, just think about that. And you have sanctuary cities giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens when airplanes, to my knowledge, have not been used in any terror attacks since 9-11, but motor vehicles are. That's why there's all these big um, flower pots and barriers and um, these grates that pop out of the sidewalk and shred tires if you go against traffic. Why? To protect against car bombs and truck bombs that we're giving driver's licenses to people without knowing who the heck they are violating the 9-11 Commission findings. And by the way, Biden said, oh, that was then, not now, and it might have been Afghanistan, but it could have been Yemen, and it was as convoluted. I have no idea what in the world he was talking about. The only person who was more confused by Biden's speech, if you saw it, was probably Joe Biden himself. Wow. But again, ignoring the obvious. And meanwhile, the Department of Homeland Security issued a press release saying that as we're approaching the 20th anniversary of 9-11, We have to be concerned about white uh, uh, supremacists who might carry out attacks in the United States or people who are disenfranchised because of the election result or people who don't agree with what we're doing with COVID. So we've got to be careful that these Americans don't launch a terrorist attack in the United States. And then they made the point that, well, maybe some Americans will be motivated to carry out an attack because we know that terrorist groups are putting stuff on the Internet that might inspire Americans to, to, to kill other Americans. So let me be clear. Anybody, irrespective of their political orientation or their citizenship, if you believe that the solution to your grievance is violence, then you need to be arrested and you need to be taken off the street so you don't hurt anybody. I'm a firm supporter of the First Amendment, the right to peaceable assemblage. And I'm going to underscore the word peaceable a thousand times. No riots. By the way, it's interesting. Uh, what were peaceful demonstrations resulted in how many cities being burned and how many businesses being lost and how many people being shot and wounded? Peaceful demonstrations. If this isn't Orwellian, I don't know what is. But understand where we are. The Department of Homeland Security looks at the citizens of the United States as the greatest risk to the country, not to the terrorists who are being able to enter the United States and carry out attacks. And we've had numerous terror attacks carried out in the United States since 9-11. It's not a one-off. 
We had the Boston bombing. We had Faisal Shazad, the Times Square bomber. We had San Bernardino. We can go down this whole litany. And these were all aliens who came to the United States to kill Americans. But you look at the DHS bulletin, and the entire focus was look out for crazy Americans. Our own government looks at our, its own citizens as the enemy, apparently. Does this sound like Abraham Lincoln's aspirational view of the United States, a country of the people, by the people, and for the people? I hardly think so. But what's remarkable to me, because I saw this metamorphosis, right after 9-11, everybody was freaking out. Oh, my God, they almost killed us. That airplane that went down in Shanksville, maybe it was aiming at the Capitol, maybe it was headed for the White House, we're at risk. So for a brief moment, we were all Americans. There were flags flying on cars, and everybody was an American. And the members of Congress stood at the podium from both parties, and they thumped the podium. Why didn't they connect the dots? And some of them came up with an interesting idea. They said, maybe the government should go to Hollywood and talk to screenwriters who come up with these incredible scripts because we failed to think outside the box. We weren't creative enough and couldn't foresee terrorists using airliners as cruise missiles. And I thought that was kind of unique. Why not? Leave no stone unturned when national security and public safety are on the line. You would think, that's cool. Do you need Tom Clancy, who was one of my all-time favorite authors, do you need someone like a Tom Clancy to tell the president, hey, Mr. President, if you allow terrorists to get on airplanes and bring them to the United States, we may have a problem. Hey, Mr. President, if you leave all those weapons out there and the terrorists can get their hands on them, or, as we're finding out, they're able to ship them to Iran so they could learn how to make better weapons because they don't have to bother with research and development. That was already baked into the items that were left behind. Or China, for example, they hate R&D. They want us to do it for them. That's why they spy on us. And, of course, we train their, their spies. Does it get worse than that? But do you really need to go to Hollywood to talk to script writers? When you look at what Biden did in Afghanistan, leaving behind hostages, leaving behind weaponry, springing 5,000 terrorists from prisons, and then allowing people to get on airplanes without proper vetting? And, of course, Jinsaki says, oh, no, no, they're all being vetted. They're all being vetted. I promise you they're being seriously vetted by professionals. Wow. So why don't we take that issue on? And, you know, there's a wonderful Yiddish expression, and what the Yiddish expression says is that when the fish goes bad, it smells from the head. So, ironically, on December 7th, think about that, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, on December 7th, 2020, when Biden talked about bringing in Alejandro Mayorkas to run the Department of Homeland Security, I wrote an article for Front Page Magazine. It's up there. Please read the stuff, folks. I want you to share it with everybody. I want you to be part of my bucket brigade of truth. Knowledge is power. If the people of America only understood what was really happening I think we'd be in a very different situation today. We've got to stop the censorship. This is a full, uh, this is a full court press uh, against freedom of press, uh, ironically enough, by Silicon Valley and others who are profiting as America is faltering. The terrorists brought us to our knees, and it seems that Joe Biden wants to finish the job. I mean, I don't know any other way of explaining it. Because the 
the guy that's now running Homeland Security is Mayorkas. And Mayorkas was the subject of an investigation by the Office of Inspector General when he headed up Citizenship and Immigration Services under the Obama administration. It was determined that he was ordering his people to approve applications for visas that never should have been approved, including the sorts of visas that could be used by terrorists and spies. I mentioned ABC News before, so let's mention ABC News once again. Um, bear with me one moment. I'm trying to find the link. Okay. On March 24, 2015, a report of the findings of the investigation by the Office of Inspector General was released. Okay, so this is a government report. The ABC then reported on that, but I want to read this to you first. The focus of that report by the Office of Inspector General was how applications for the EB-5 visa for aliens who invest between $500,000 and $1 million in business that create jobs for Americans in the United States were wrongly approved. And then we get to ABC News, and they did several excellent in-depth articles about the findings of the Office of Inspector General. Uh, March 24, 2015, the day that that OIG report was issued, ABC News reported top Homeland official Alejandro Mayorkas accused of political favoritism. Alejandro Mayorkas oversaw controversial $500,000 visa program. And then uh, on February 3, 2015, um, there was another report by ABC News a month earlier. Whistleblowers. U.S. gave visas to suspected forgers, fraudsters, and criminals. Internal documents show feds ignored warnings from the FBI. Think about that. ABC News reported this. And who was running that operation? You got it. Alejandro Mayorkas. And here is how the report from ABC News began. Officials overseeing a federal program that offers an immigration shortcut to wealthy foreign investors have ignored pointed warnings from federal agents and approved visas to some immigrants suspected of having committed fraud, money laundering, and even one applicant with alleged ties to child porn websites, an ABC, ABC News investigation has found. The shortcomings prompted concerns within the Department of Homeland Security that the boutique immigration program would be exploited by terrorists, according to internal documents obtained by ABC News. It's shocking, said Senator Charles Grassley, an Iowa Republican, particularly when you have FBI and other law enforcement agencies that are saying national security could be compromised or is being compromised. That's enough for us to all be concerned. And so here's this report that ABC News did. Feds investigating Iran ties to firm involved in U.S. visa program documents, and then the subtitle, Iranian operatives may be abusing the program to infiltrate the United States. Who was in charge? You guessed it, Alejandro Mayorkas. Let me read an excerpt from that report. Federal agents in Los Angeles are investigating an L.A. shipping firm and its Iranian-born owner who for years have participated in and promoted an obscure U.S. immigration, US immigration program allowing the company to recruit wealthy foreign investors to receive visas and potentially green card law enforcement sources told ABC News. The company's name surfaced in a confidential Department of Homeland Security government document, which raised, quote, concerns that this particular visa program may be abused by Iranian operatives to infiltrate the United States, unquote. 
Whistleblowers inside the federal agency that oversees the immigration program told ABC News that they have been deeply frustrated by an inability to decertify the company even after they became aware of the investigation and saw the company's name surfacing in an alarming internal Department of Homeland Security memo. The memo shared with ABC News outlines concerns that the Iran's revolutionary guards have attempted to exploit the visa program to infiltrate the United States. The ABC News report included this excerpt. Here we go. This is about one company in particular, TTC, or Total Transportation Concepts. ABC said the following. The records show that the TTC employee was suspected of ties to an Iranian terror network that was involved in bombing plots and attempted assassination. In 2012, federal investigators sent an email to immigration officials to advise them against recertifying American logistics for the immigration program, warning that an approval would likely have serious national security implications, unquote. I strongly advise against a favorable adjudication, wrote a Homeland Security Special Agent in the Counterproliferation Investigation Center in the April 30, 2012 email. But agents within the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, USCIS, moved forward and green-lighted American Logistics and Madavi to continue overseeing a designated regional center for a special U.S. immigration program for wealthy foreign investors known by its visa classification of EB-5. Can you imagine that? So the FBI and a Homeland Security investigator, agent, told Citizenship and Immigration Services these, these people, this company, may have a link to Iran and terrorism. That should have ended it. It was zipped right on through, and they got their visas. Who was behind it? Alejandro Mayorkas. The Republicans, during confirmation hearings, warned about his checkered past, and the Democrats said, we don't see a problem. And that's how he became the head of the Department of Homeland Surrender. Think about what I've just told you. This isn't a joke. This isn't an idle speculation. This isn't fake news. There's an Inspector General report. There's a series of ABC News reports, all pointing in the same direction, that the head of Homeland Security had refused to act to deny visas to possible terrorists. Now, how is that sitting with you when you hear about how well we're vetting the people coming in right now? And let me tell you something else. Right now, we don't have access to data back in Afghanistan. We're done. We're out of there. We've severed our ties. We've burned the bridges behind us. And as it is, Afghanistan, rather, is the country in chaos it always has been. It's, It's more like a conglomeration of warring tribes than a unified country. We call it a country more by courtesy than by reality. So how do you really screen people coming from Afghanistan? And the answer is with great difficulty. Now, I'll give you another piece of news that will probably give you heartburn and cause for pause. I believe that we have a problem where what was also left behind uh, when we beat that hasty retreat with our tails between our legs, thanks to Joe Biden, are biometric identifiers for the people that work with our government, which puts them and their families at immediate risk, but gives the terrorists the names they can assume if they want to try to come here, claiming that they work for the U.S. government. What more harm could this president have done to us? 
I don't think he's talented enough to do more harm, but then again, I don't think he's the guy that's making these decisions. How many times does he stand in front of the cameras and say, well, I've been told I can't take that question, or I've been told I need to ask you a question, or I've been told not to take any I've been told. You're the president of the United States. Have you ever heard Donald Trump say, I've been told what I can say and what I can't say? Was there ever a doubt in your mind who was in charge of the Oval Office when Trump was in the Oval Office? Like him, hate him, I don't give a damn. Did you ever get the sense that he was being told what to say or that he stood there and told you what he wanted to say, probably often to the consternation of his advisors? Joe Biden reminds me of a, of, a, of a VFR pilot, those of you who fly, the pilot that when you first start out, you, visual flight rules, you have to see the ground, you can't fly in the clouds, uh, you're not supposed to fly at night, you have to have a clear view of where you are. Biden reminds me of a VFR pilot in solid uh, in instrument condition. He has no idea where he is or where he's going, but wherever the hell he's going, he's taking us with him and our country and the future of our children. What country will ever again trust America while Biden sits in the Oval Office? Remember what he did. He pulled out of Afghanistan without even consulting with NATO and their troops are there. In fact, France, sticking a thumb in Biden's eye, he may not notice it, though, said, we're keeping our troops in. We used to make fun of France for being ballless. No, the Castrata sits in the Oval Office, folks. So France is still there. I don't know if you saw the statements made in, in the House of Commons, but the Brits were furious because when the Prime Minister of Britain tried to get a hold of Joe Biden, it took him a day and a half to reach him. Everyone criticized on the left, criticized Trump and NATO. And I, I'll tell you a funny story about NATO. NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was a creation of uh, President Dwight Eisenhower. It was his way of meeting the challenges as that Iron Curtain descended on Eastern Europe, on Russia, and so forth. And he said, we have to counter it. So he created the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and immediately tried to get the other members to pay their fair share, and they wouldn't. Every president since Eisenhower has tried. Guess who succeeded in getting NATO to pay up? Donald Trump, the negotiator. It wasn't that he was trying to destroy NATO. He was saying, look. If we're a team, everyone's got to pitch in and pay their fair share. What a novel thought that America would no longer be seen around the world as Uncle Sap. That was another failure of Trump? I don't think so. There's an interesting story in USA Today about it. Normally you would think they would have been opposed to Trump. They were actually boasting about what a brilliant thing he had done finally getting our allies to pay what they're supposed to pay so that we don't have to bear the entire burden. What in the world is wrong with that? What was wrong with that was the globalists, both parties, saw in Donald Trump a threat because he used the S word much too much frequently. You know what the S word is, by the way? Sovereignty. Sovereignty. And he said that not only was the United States entitled to sovereignty, but every country on the planet, even the countries we disagree with, are entitled to sovereignty. And where did he make that speech? In the Cathedral of the Globalists at the United Nations. It sent chills down their spines, and it was probably a stampede to the bathroom. Oh, my God, the S-word, sovereignty. So they had to discredit him. They engaged in a concerted smear campaign. A 
attack, 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 and pretty soon people have no idea why they dislike him. I mean, he's bombastic. He's a pain in the rear end. I get it. But the level of animosity, this is what a smear campaign looks like. And the American people were dumb enough to want to vote him out of office because he wasn't going to win any popularity contests. Never mind that he was going to cure what ailed America. Never mind that America, for the first time in decades, became energy independent. We're no longer, by the way. Uh, Never mind that Donald Trump rebuilt our military. Never mind that he convinced North Korea to stop their testing. Oh, by the way, right after Biden yanked our troops, North Korea began revving up their nuclear program because they know that Biden is a castrata. He's an absolute castrata. Joe Biden is emboldening and comforting our enemies and giving great consternation to our allies. It takes my breath away. And I defy anybody who thinks I'm getting it wrong to give me the facts. John Adams said facts are stubborn things. So you've got the facts. I just read to you who Alejandro Mayorkas is. Why in the world did the Democrats want Alejandro Mayorkas running the Department of Homeland Security? Beats me. What I want to do with the last couple of minutes that we have here, I just want to tell you about what Sheila Jackson Lee had to say at a hearing back in 2005 because I was there. And she was furious, as were the Republicans, against um, George W. Bush because Congress had given Bush enough money to hire um, another 210, I'm sorry, 800 ICE agents, and he cut that to 143. They gave him enough money to hire 2,000 Border Patrol agents. He cut that number to 210. They gave him enough money to purchase 8,000 detention beds, and he cut that to, I believe it was 1,700 and change. And Sheila Jackson Lee stood up at that hearing and, uh, and made a really amazing statement. Uh, and, and she basically lauded all the great work of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. This is a part of what Sheila Jackson Lee had to say, and I testified for her twice. And this could have been my testimony, by the way. She was that right. The Bureau of Immigration and Customs Enforcement merged the investigative functions of the former Immigration and Naturalization Service and Customs Service. And she goes on talking about that. ICE's areas of responsibility include the enforcement of laws dealing with the presence and activities of terrorists, human trafficking, commercial alien smuggling operations, document fraud, and drug trafficking, and many important aspects of their work have been successful. Just recently, for example, we were able to applaud Operation Predator, which was able to bring in 5,000 arrests in 2003 on the question of those who are non-citizens who have come into this country and who have been predators against our children. Also, for instance, ICE investigators conducted an eight-month investigation last year of two men who were selling false identity documents to members of terrorist organizations. The ICE investigators developed such a strong case against these individuals that they pleaded guilty on February 28, 2005, to a charge of involvement in a conspiracy to sell false documents to purported members of Abu Sayyaf, a Philippines-based group that has been designated as a foreign terrorist organization. The Intelligence Reform and Terrorism Prevention Act of 2004 authorized 800 new ICE investigators uh, for fiscal year 2006 through fiscal year 2010. The president's budget only requests funding for 143. And then she goes into these numbers again. And she said, and with a little lightness, Mr. Chairman, maybe the administration was simply trying to tease us, to egg us on, to see if we had the stomach to do what is right. And that means that we need to fully fund the 800 additional ICE investigators. Let's take the bait, if you will, accept the challenge and do what we need to do. 
the National Intelligence Reform and Terrorism Prevention Act also authorized 8,000 new detention beds. And she goes into all of that. So here's Sheila Jackson Lee making it clear that in her mind, immigration agents were essential for national security. I doubt Sheila's listening to my program today, but Sheila, if you're listening, what happened to you? How could you do a 180 on something so critical and on something that you knew so well back in 2005 when I did two hearings for you? It was Sheila Jackson Lee, and uh, accompanied by Jim Sensenbrenner, the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, in fact, who invited me to testify at that hearing back in March of 2002 about how two dead terrorists, Mohammed Atta, the ringleader, and Malwin al-Shehi, could have been granted permission to go to flight school of all places six months after the attack. So the whole world knew they were dead, and the whole world knew they were terrorists. Both of those terrorists, by the way, were in the cockpits of those two planes that hit the two towers of the World Trade Center. It was Jackson Lee. Was Jackson Lee. She also had me testify for her on the issue of visa fraud because of uh, alien smuggling through that method. I convinced her that stay away from the Mexican border just for this one hearing and let's look at the other ways that aliens could come to the country because primarily that's how the terrorists have been coming to the United States, by committing visa fraud and immigration fraud. Why doesn't she go talk to Joe Biden and explain to him the enormity of the damage that he's doing to national security? If I sound worked up, I am. I'm a New Yorker, and I'm an American. And on September 11, 2001, my country was attacked. On September 11, 2001, my hometown was also attacked, and my neighbors died, and the ashes from that conflagration of Ground Zero landed on my home, and I will never be the same. Nobody who was here will be the same. And I remember seeing some of my neighbors trudging through the streets, covered head to foot, with the debris from the collapsed towers. I also remember seeing all those cars driving by with photos in the window and a simple question, have you seen my wife, have you seen my daughter, have you seen my dad? American flags and photos of people that disappeared when the towers came down. And for a president of the United States to act in reckless disregard of the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission, and to call up the president of Afghanistan, and apparently he did as a leaker, fortunately, in the White House, and the leaker claimed that Biden told the president to lie about how likely it was that the Taliban would take control of Afghanistan. Donald Trump was impeached for a phone call. Donald Trump's phone call did no harm. Think of the phone call Joe Biden did. Think of the damage being done by this administration, and it will take decades, if ever, to fix what he broke. You know, I've often said that when we go to hotels, we sign the guest registry. We also sign a statement that if we damage anything in the hotel, we're responsible for it. I wish we had a similar registry for presidents when they sign in to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Stay well, everybody. Please get involved. Please remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. Share this podcast with as many of your friends as possible. Share the articles with as many of your friends as possible. The facts are irrefutable, and they certainly are stubborn things. Be well. Stay stay safe. Have a good weekend. And we'll see you next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. So long.